when I think about the sort of idea of like, you know, how you put it, like count, counting your blessings, um, um, I don't in the least, I don't in the least think of the capacity or the willingness or, or the ability um, or the desire to count one's blessings as being at all in opposition or different from actually attending to one's sorrows at all. Mm. Welcome to Vinyasa in Verse, the podcast where we connect mind, body, and spirit through poetry and practice. I'm Leslie Ann Hobayan. Together, we'll explore different ways of connecting with our innermost selves and how to tap into the flow of the universe. Because once that happens, anything is possible. Your best life starts now. Hello, loves. Welcome to another episode of Vinyasa in Verse. How are you on this beautiful day? I hope wherever you are, you're able to take a moment just to breathe and enjoy the beauty of that breath. And so today, I have a very special guest. I'm so excited. This guest, I want to say you are probably the second male guest on my show. Mm. Only the second. So I'm very excited by this. But we also go way back um, longer than I want to do the math for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, but I will I will read a proper introduction for this beautiful person. Um, so he teaches poetry at Indiana University, is the author of the following poetry collections, against which bringing the shovel down, lace and pyrite letters from two gardens, which was a cute, awesome, beautiful little book with Amy Nezhukapatatil, river with rose. Warrenberg. Yeah, Rosiniana. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And um, Catalog of Unabashed Gratitude. Yeah. And you're also the author of the essay collection, The Book of Delights, with the newest book right here, if you're watching the video, maybe not, is Be Holding. So welcome to the show, Ross Gay. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make all the audio <laughs> special <laughs> effects. <laughs> Thank you so much. Glad to talk with you. Uh, yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we finally got to connect um, because I feel like you, um, you're a good fit for the, the theme of the show, which is about bringing spirituality and, and writing and those kinds of practices together and how that um, informs who we are being. Mm. So to start our episode, we will flip through the great roulette of poems by Hafez, the great Sufi mystic poet, my favorite. And today, oh, I read that one yesterday. Mm. <laughs> I got to pick a different one. Oh, here we go. That tree we planted. Mm. Beloved master, that tree we planted near the spot that became your tomb has grown so well that it is now several times my height. When the season comes that makes its leaves bow and whirl, Hafez will then sleep upon the ground, hoping in at least a dream, you will kiss my cheek again. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Do you, you got that in your, in your brain? Do you want me to read it again? Are you yeah, read good? It, read it again. Read yeah. again? Yeah. yeah, okay. That tree we planted. Beloved master, that tree we planted near the spot that became your tomb has grown so well 
that it is now several times my height. When the season comes that makes its leaves bow and whirl, Hafez will then sleep upon the ground, hoping in at least a dream, you will kiss my cheek again. <laughs> hmm. Lovely, yeah. What do you like about that poem or what do you notice or what's standing out for you? Well, um, one is like the, the kind of, to me, beautiful and also like something that I relate to or connect to process of, you know, um, whatever, like making the, the tomb and the, and the living thing right next to each other, you know, mm -hmm. or, or, or each other, which is a, a beautiful thing. I love that the tree planted right next to your, to the tomb. Um, and that the idea that the, of course, <laughs> that the tree sort of, um, that whoever was in the tomb, the dead actually sort of moves into the tree and becomes <laughs> the tree. And, and the, the sort of, I love that, that thing, at least, you know, at least in a dream, in a way, when I was hearing it the second time, I was like, I don't think in the dream, is a diminishment of the visitation or the presence. Mm. You know, the elite, because I think the translation it said at least in a dream or something like that. Um, but I don't think there's a diminishment. I think in some way I'm sort of wondering if in the dream is just as significant um, as, uh, as the quote unquote not dream, you know? Mm. So in a way I was sort of saying that the, the poem is sort of expanding the notion of what the dream is, you know? I wonder, that's a question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, it's so funny because when you talked about the, the idea of diminishment, I thought, I thought of it more as like, I've got at least this taste of what's possible mm -hmm. in the dream, mm -hmm. you know, because in the, the not dream, it's, it's not as easy for me to access the divine or to connect. Right. Right. right but when right. I die, that's something I have to look forward to. Right. 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 Or when I connect, that's something that I have to, <laughs> have to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, that that's just so like, yeah, it's so beautiful. I mean, you know, partly I'm laughing too because I'm like, the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, oh, I must have got the poem that I wrote about that from this poem. <laughs> like I must have just read this poem and then just tuck, tucked it away in my, in my brain. And then like, you know, 10 years later, like, oh, I have the poem about planting my dad, a tree in my dad. And it's like, oh, and he's going to come back and he's actually going to like brush his, his fucking leaves against my face. Like, wow. I thought I wrote that one. Nope. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's so funny because as I'm reading it, I was like, this is like Ross's poem, Burial. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's hilarious. It's the same poem, basically, you guys. Are, I'm sure there are many others that are kind yeah. of in the ballpark, but. Um, That's so funny. It's so great. It's so beautiful. I love it. I love yeah. It. Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because I, well, one, well, I got like two things trying to come out one whole. Um, first. I noticed that in um, in the new book that you thank like everybody and their mother, yeah. right? In the acknowledgments. But what I love about it is that it is this call out to say, hey, I didn't write these poems. This was a community effort. Whether you actually knew that you were part of that community or not doesn't matter. It's just that I'm not an individual, that I am part of a whole, a collective. Um, 
in a way that's more tangible than what people express in spiritual communities. You know, like in spiritual communities, like yoga communities and things, they're like, we're all one. We all come from the same divine spirit or source or whatever it is. And that's okay. But conceptually, that's a little abstract and hard to grasp, right? It's like, well, what does that mean? But for you, especially with this book, Beholding, there's tangibility of, well, this poem wouldn't have been born if I didn't read this book by this person or have this conversation with this person. And I really appreciate that um, spotlight on the collaborative effort, even if it's collaboration with non-people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And even if like this conversation will fundamentally change my life, even if I don't, if I, if it's not, you know, I don't know how, or I don't, you know, or it's not like I, you know, I start weeping and like, you know, run down the street and like change my life. Um, this conversation will fundamentally change my life. And it's like, you know, when I say fundamentally, I mean, it'll change my life. That's what I mean. I, um, and, and so to, practice that like I wonder what um and you know like like believe me I am like a when I am doing that I'm doing that as practice like because I am um just as formed you know by the sort of um as I say I think in the in the acknowledgement something like the bullshit lie of the individual accomplishment or you know the individual genius or whatever the fuck it is um I'm as much um um, you know, like sick in the head with that shit too. Hmm. And so, so partly it feels like, no, this is practice. This is a practice, not for everyone, but I'll say for me and for, for plenty of us, I think to, to, to understand and to sort of articulate and to notice the ways that, oh, I'm not myself. I'm actually, you know, this thing that people are like, oh, this poem that you wrote, it's just like, you know, kind of like helped me so much through yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we got to do this thing together. You know, I'm so glad. I didn't write that poem, you know? Like yeah. I kind of came, you know, and in terms of like that, the question, like things coming through us, yeah. which can sound like, you know, in a certain kind of, you know, a certain kind of perspective that I am trying less and less to identify with, um, that I used to really strongly identify with which was that things don't come through you. You make things, you work, you know, you like, you sit down to it, you know, mm. but the, the more I try, I feel like I'm getting clearer or something, softening, getting older, maybe getting closer to dying and sort of joining to another kind of, another kind of joining is I'm like, no, it, that's exactly what it is. Like, you know, your labor is a thing, sure. And also you are gifted. It is, you know, there are streams, you know, mm. there are constant streams. And it's sort of like, it is not, um, it is not, um, you know, it is not, um, what's the word? Like, I wanna say like, no, it's just, it's just kind of true. I think that we are not I think it is just true that we are sort of perpetually being held and in the in the holding of something whether we acknowledge it or not that's a whole nother thing and to me it requires practice and I do want to say one more thing yeah 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 go ahead <laughs> because I was with my mother um over the holidays for like two weeks it's been a while mm. 
In fact, that's the longest um, I'd been with my mother since when my dad was dying, which was like 2004, when I moved in with them for like five months or something. And it's two weeks, you know, that's a long time. <laughs> and my mom lives in like a little apartment and it's, it's not like you can like get away. <laughs> Her it's like, oh, there you are again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's just like beautiful, and you know, all all things like all the things, and but one at one point I was um, with my mother, and I realized, you know, we have different. Our memories are different. You know, we have mm -hmm. different relationships to memory, and our bodies are different. And my mother's, she'll be eighty in um, July thirteenth. She'll be eighty, mm. um, and I'm forty six. And as we were hanging around talking, she would say something and I'd be like, damn, I don't remember that at all. I just didn't remember. <laughs> but then she would fill it out and I'd be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember. And I would say things that, you know, she didn't remember. And then, you know, maybe she'd kind of, and then I was like, and when I, when I occurred, when this occurred to me, it did sort of made me think, oh, is this like, have I read this in a book or something? But like in a very real way, like we talk about my memory, I have my memory. And I was like, no, my mother also is my memories. Mm -hmm. You also, we've known each other for longer than, you know, two decades plus. Uh, <laughs> you had to do the math, huh? <laughs> no, just kidding, it's fine. But you also, right? Like you also are my memory. Like there are things that you'll be like, wait, we did that. And I'll be like, oh, yeah. that's the thing that we did and vice versa. I'm your right, member. right. So that right. even like in those those ways that we often think of as being, you know, we're discrete individuals. It's like, no, we hold in that very, like very basic way. Like we actually hold each other's minds. Like the yeah. thing that constitutes our minds is held by other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's a trip. Example. It's a trip, it's a trip. <laughs> That's a, so you said a lot and I was like, okay, which thing do I want to pick up on first? Um, but the, the idea of, of our minds being held by others is a trip because it's like, wait a minute, you telling me that I'm not my mind by myself? Like, you know, so, so I want to ask this question sort of as a, a way to create a little bit more conversation. I don't want to say devil's advocate because it's not, but to, co <laughs> to complicate the conversation a little yeah. bit. Right. So there is there's this understanding that um, angels advocate, angels advocate. OK, there you go. Angels <laughs> advocate. <laughs> I got my wings um, there. So there's this idea that um, what our inner world is, is what creates our outer world. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. however we're being on the inside, if we're good with who we are on the inside, our world will, will generally reflect that. OK, yeah. so then there's this idea that what you have going on in your mind creates your reality. Mm -hmm. So layer that on top of how your mind is held by others, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so then it's, I'm almost imagining like a, a, a math equation, right? Mm -hmm. You've got people, <laughs> people's minds, people holding your mind here. You've got your own mind here. Add those two together. What do you get? Mm -hmm. You know, because we've got, we've got a reality around us. <clears throat> that we can shift. You know, there are some folks who are like of the mindset of, um, you know, I'm always struggling and life sucks and then you die, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And so their life is going to reflect that, you know, mm -hmm. it's going to be one disappointing thing after another, um, one challenge after another, but then there'll be another person next to them who's like, life is amazing, you know, and then one blessing will come into their life after another. 
And so, you know, how can that interact with this idea of other people holding our minds? Because we'll take the example of those two people, right? With, with a positive outlook and, and a really negative one and they live in the same house, mm-hmm. but their realities are totally different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How can that negative person's mind, let's say negative Nelly says mm-hmm. to positive Polly, <laughs> Like, do you remember when you forgot to take out the trash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And positive Polly is like, what are you talking about? I took out the trash. You know, so I'm just, I'm just raising that, those kinds of factors in there just to, to see like, what else is there that helps build who we are? Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, it's a great question. Like, even when you say that, it's like, oh, I wonder if that's a little bit like, like Sangha, you know? Yeah. Like, Like, partly, um, Part, you know, like being in community with folks who, who are, you know, kind like-minded. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, I also think um, I think so many things about that. Like one, I think that um, I mean, it's a in- really interesting question you bring up about like. Um, um, you know, someone's apparent, you know, two people's apparent material sort of uh, experiences can be identical. And one person can be like, um, this sucks. And another person can be like, this is amazing. Um, and I think what, what to me is, which is exactly what you're saying, like a kind of interior um, relationship to, to something. And, um, and at least one of those, the things I, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think through this. Um, of course, the first thing I want to be like, or notice is that, right, the, one of the practices that I think this is kind of connected to one of the, in terms of practices, um, it feels like a useful practice is to um, be able to articulate your blessings, you know, and so, um, and a useful practice, and part for, partly for me, a useful practice is to be, you know, part of articulating my blessings is to be, is to articulate my gratitude for all, everything which has made it possible for me to be, period. Um, trying to, as a practice. Um, and, you know, and and it, it definitely, I think is, is, helpful to be doing that practice with other people who are who aren't like well that's bullshit (laughs) right right you don't want to be like counting your blessings with the person who's like there are no blessings in this world what are you talking about right 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 right. yeah like it's like like attracts like like you got to hang out with your your people right but at the same time um um at the same time, I do feel like, like the question of holding each other's, I mean, yeah, I mean, that thing of if we hold each other's, you know, um, if we hold each other's memories, then it probably is, um, is, I'm just, I'm really just wondering right here. Um, yeah, yeah. 
it seems like then we probably also hold each other's, well, we hold each other's dreams for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean dreams, I mean like sleeping dreams. And I probably also mean the other kinds of dreams. Um, we hold each other's joys. We hold each other's sorrows, you know, we can hold each other's annoyances. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and that seems really, that seems really significant, you know, like, um, the, I mean, one thing, like, I, I will have periodically people remind me of a dream that I told them about, which is just, I don't know, it's just like beautiful to me. And it's more sort of, I think maybe I'm just sort of like continuing to build the argument that our minds are actually, you know. Uh, all the same. <laughs> we are all just one mind. That we're a mind, you know, like it is not to me like at all, you know, like to suggest that the tree, when I notice that the buds on the tree are starting to do something, to suggest that the tree is not in fact part of my mind is like a little bit. Or when the when the birds start making a different sound and it's the sound of like spring is coming and my my mind is like, oh, spring is coming, the birds are doing something. Yeah. Uh, to suggest that the birds are not part of my mind to me is like incorrect. Um, yeah, yeah. But to be like holding each other's sorrows, holding each other's annoyances, holding each other's, you know, delights, et cetera. Um, It's a thing, you know, like, yeah, there, I don't know exactly, I don't know exactly what it is, but in some way I wanna like, I wanna stay with Nelly <laughs> in a certain kind of way, <laughs> you know? I, like I wanna, I wanna, I wanna figure out like, what is, I wanna, I wanna stay with her. <laughs> why, why are you so negative, Nelly? <laughs> yeah, yeah, or even, or even just like, is that it? Like, is that it? Mm. No. Yeah, yeah, um. yeah. And I think that's an important question, especially for, for both fictional characters that I've just created, right? Because you can't have light without dark, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't have yin without yang. So negative Nelly can't exist without positive Polly, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. but, but if they do, then, then what, what else is there? You mm -hmm. know, because I feel like there might be something that is being withheld Mm -hmm. something um, that's being denied. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the case of negative Nelly, there's maybe a positivity underneath all those layers of negativity, but it's not safe to feel the positivity for mm -hmm. that Nelly, you know? Mm -hmm. And then with positive Polly, it could be, there is negativity, but again, that feels scary. So we're just gonna shove it down and, mm -hmm. and it, pretend it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. um, but but together, well, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say together they can, if they're living in the same apartment, <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. can. Um, they're holding each other yeah. in each other's minds to to influence or sway or somehow inform how they're seeing the world in relationship to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also the other thing I think of is just in terms of negative and positive. I'm like. Um, Um, in a certain kind of way, I'm like, I, and I think you, you get this, um, but I'm, or I'm imagining something 
that is a little <laughs> beyond negative and positive, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I'm imagining something that is, um, that is not at all, um, um, that is actually not positive, um, that is actually um, true. <laughs> and, 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 and when I say true, I mean, you know, like I, you know, I write, I, I think about joy a lot, you know, I have that book called the book of delights, you know, and, but I think about joy a lot. And when I think about, <clears throat> when I think about the sort of idea of like, you know, how you put it, like count, counting your blessings, um, um, I don't in the least, I don't in the least, <clears throat> think of the capacity or the willingness or, or the ability um, or the desire to count one's blessings as being at all in opposition or different from actually attending to one's sorrows at all. Mm. And in a way I feel like, you know, like, so I'm sort of like uh, in, introducing another sort of um, kind of thinking or practice, which is like exactly what you say. It's not about like, you know, suppressing what's what's fucking horrible and sorrowful and 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 painful. Um, I'm not talking at all about that, um, and I'm not talking at all either about you know a kind of happiness industry. I don't care about right. you know I don't care about that. Um, and I feel like that's just the same sort of shit. That's like the kind of you know capitalistic you know ravenous um, world destroying shit. Um, what I'm interested in is a kind of, um, of the ability or the desire or the practice, you know, and the, and the community of folks, you know, who are interested in, um, or, or learning, studying how we are, who, how we are connected. And our connection is not only like, we're all connected. It's like, and we're going to die. Yeah. And we're going right. to, you know, and you're going to be in pain and, I'm gonna be in pain. And like, likely we are in pain. Likely beloveds around us are suffering or dying or, you know, it's, it's um, and that's part of our lives. That's just part of our lives, lost mm -hmm. part of our lives, you know, physical yeah. pain, part of our lives for now, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. And that to me, that's like sort of, and that does not, you know, that does not at all diminish the, and frankly, it makes it to me real, the blessings you know, the gratitude, mm. you know, mm. um, it's, yeah, it's not like, yeah. What do you mean? Okay. So there's a couple of things here. What do you mean by real? <laughs> real. <laughs> well, you said it makes it real. What is, what does that mean? Real? Like, like you can sense it physically feel it in your body, like, as opposed to, it's just this abstract idea, like gratitude, you know, you're saying that, you know, this practice of, of gratitude for all things, yeah. whether the feel-good ones or the, the sorrows, um, makes it real. So what do you mean by real? So I'm, I think I'm talking about um, a, it, like I don't wanna, cause I do in my head, I have a little bit of a kind of, it is not this, it is not this, it is not this, but I don't wanna do that. I actually wanna say what it is. Mm. Um, when I say real, um, 
it might be that when I say real, I might mean that it's not disconnected from sorrow. Mm. And that it's not dis and or that it's not disconnected from the fact of our you know um, I don't know our impending deaths depending on how you relate to that you know yeah, um, yeah. but say sorrow you know I'm say yeah. sorrow um, you know like a a kind of pursuit of quote unquote happiness. Or a pursuit, a pursuit of things to be grateful for. Yeah, yeah. Is is a way of, I think is is a is a way toward sort of is a is a way. <laughs> it, I mean, it's just like um, it's just immature. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, it's it's surface level. It's surface I think. Level. Yeah. Um. It, it's, and when I say immature, you know, I mean like, I mean like, I'm all about, I'm all for immaturity. <laughs> you know, all, you know, but I, mean, I will I'm, attest to that, people. <laughs> I'm talking about like spiritual, like you know, yeah. soulfully. It's, well, uh, it, or spiritual performativity, yeah. right? Where yeah. where it's like you know, and I'm I'm glad you brought this up because there's this there's this thing right in in. I don't know, new age circles and spiritual circles, whatever communities where it's like, if we check off all the boxes, mm -hmm. then we can be spiritually enlightened. We can evolve or whatever. So one of those things is let's make a list of gratitudes every day. Hmm, what can I be grateful for? So let me go through it. Okay. Um, I'm grateful that, you know, and it's like, I got a car or whatever. And you know, the, not to diminish the, um, the blessings of something like having a car, but to, to notice that the things that most people are grateful for are the positives, are the, are the things that are the obvious blessings. And no one's going around saying, you know, thank you for my cancer, you know, no one's saying that. So, um, so I think it's important what you're, what you're trying to highlight here is this invitation to look a little deeper at what does it mean to experience gratitude? Yeah, because you're, you're yeah, that, that's it. It's like, there's a kind of, there's a kind of acquisitiveness on, in the one. And then there's another kind of, um, I think, I think, practice of gratitude or something that is just, it's, it's about what is. Right. You know, right. Just what is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's, it's, this is what is. And yeah. Um, and that's it. <laughs> and that's it, my friends. That's what you have to do. No, not have to. I don't want to prescribe things. <laughs> well, I mean, it, like in terms of like like a regular, it's not that to me, that's not that's not like hard to like tap into to be like, all right, well, I'm trying to try do that one today. You yeah, know, like yeah. when, whatever it is, like I guess I'm not gonna get there on time. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You that's know, on the most one. basic, like simple yeah. little Yeah. You know, depending on where you're going. You know, guess I'm going to miss my flight. Yeah, I'm going to miss my flight. Someone's in the hospital dying. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, this yeah. Might, oh, you might miss the chance to say goodbye. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm talking about a flight and you're talking about someone dying. Thanks. Well, that's what I'm talking about. You know, that's what I'm talking about. I know. When I'm in traffic and I'm like, you know. Yeah. It's accepting very, what it is. I'm feeling very patient. Mm. I'm sometimes like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to the hospital right now. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to get a coffee. 
Coffee's going to be there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, and it just all boils down to that. It's about being present in the moment and acknowledging that, that, that presence and that beingness um, and being grateful for that, whatever it is that that's happening, you know, Um, which is really interesting because I, um, I don't think I told you this, but my mom um, got sick um, around Thanksgiving with uh, COVID Mm. and um, it it was, it wasn't good. She, Mm. um, she was put on a ventilator. She actually just got off the ventilator, um, which was very exciting. Uh, Maybe last, last week, like five days ago. Um, Yeah. So she'd been on the ventilator for about almost eight weeks. Um, And it was, and it was interesting for me to observe how I was responding to that because most folks would be like freaking out, getting upset. Oh my God, is this it? Is this the end? You know, um, there were a few moments where we thought maybe this is it. Maybe this is her time to go. And I was very, I was observing myself. I was like witness to myself. So there was like two me's happening. Um, And I was able to observe myself and my responses and noticing that I wasn't losing my shit. Mm-hmm. I was very, like you were saying just now, like, this is how it is. This is what it is. If she, if it's her time to go, it's her time to go. You know, I'm at peace with that. And I was very um, grounded and centered. And I was like, wow, mm. I think I've outgrown the spiritual immaturity, <laughs> you know? So it was really, it was a really, um, for me, a great, uh, not, I don't want to say test, but um more like a, a revelation of how much I've, I've grown personally in that respect. Mm. Um, and, and the ego part of me was like, what's wrong with you? Like, shouldn't you mm. be crying or stressed out or upset or like in fear? Like, what is, what's going on with you? I was like, I'm good. You know, this is how it is and can't do anything about it. Right, so right. I'm just going to observe it and notice it and, you know, be yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad she's, I'm glad she's off the ventilator. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's on the mend, um, which we're all grateful for talking about gratitude. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, so I, you know, I love talking to you about this because I feel like we can um, really dive into these kinds of conversations um, in ways that make sense to the, we'll just say the layman, <laughs> the regular, the regular folks who are just starting on this, on this kind of understanding. So that said, how did you, I, I don't know if it's a, it's going to be a short answer, but how did you come to this place of understanding in terms of, you know, whether it's the spiritual context, the larger scope of the collective, you know, all that oneness that we're talking about, how did you get to this point? Like from when we first met back in college up until this point, you don't have to give the play-by-play, but. (laughs) Well, I I mean, I can say like um, a hand, like a very incomplete thing. Um, I feel like, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm writing about this now, but um, following college, I, or, or toward the end of college, I sort of had a kind of a crisis, like a, some kind of crack up, I'll call it. And that, that went on for a long time. And I, um, so I, so, you know, I sort of 
you know, very short version is that I had a friend um, um, recommend that I read Pema Chodron's work, you know, and I think it was the, I think it was that light blue book. Um, the Wisdom of No Escape? Yeah, I think it was that one. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. And oh my God. <laughs> Oof. You know, there are all these moments in my life where I sort of feel like, ah, Nora kind of saved my life a little bit. I give mm. um, And you know, so that that was a little crack, like a little beginning of of uh, of your journey. Yeah, or of even sure. like thinking, of thinking of like um, in a in a way that I would, um, you know. I mean, it's all it's all it's all part of the thing to me. But like that's that's you know that's a kind of um, that was the start. That was a, a certain start, you know. Mm. Um, and it and you know and it's a, it's a start that's happening that's happening you know it's continuing. It's like I feel like it's very much a start, and it's a start that has all kinds of modes of you know self inquiry and and uh, um, I'm trying to think of a word of the diminishment of the self. Mm. <laughs> diminishment of the self-inquiry. Inquiry. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, um, after my dad died, I was, you know, um, a fucking mess in various ways. Mm. And um, I remember seeing you and Pat actually at a at a bookstore down there on, on Route 1. Um, I can't remember if it was like Metuchen or a little, maybe around there. <clears throat> but uh, while he was dying, but after he was dying, I, I had all kinds of like, just, you know, profound sorrow, but also had no um, capacity at all to sort of articulate or to, to be with my sorrow. It was just like, not, it was mm. not my, it was not yet in my skill set, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I, I was going fucking crazy in, in certain ways. And so again, I went, you know, to Thomas Jefferson hospital and, and took a stress, it took a meditation class or hmm. they had it, what they called it. Some, um, I forget what they called it, but, um, you know, and then took another one and, um, you know, I'm in therapy and couples therapy and all, all the things, <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying to, trying to figure something out, trying to figure something out. So, you know, it yeah. starts like that, but, but even like, you know, in my teaching, in my, in my writing and all this stuff, like my writing is, that's, I, part of why I'm so interested and in, I think committed, uh, interested it, it's so fun to me is actually like and not just happy fun but like interesting to me writing is because part of it is like this inquiry mm. and, an inquiry in which what i thought i knew <laughs> man you didn't know you didn't know no no you don't know nothing <laughs> don't know, you know and like i thought i thought i was so clear on a thing or i thought mm. i was so i thought i knew my motivations, I thought I knew that, and it's like, mm. 
And so like to, to talk about teaching, I, we both teach poetry, um, et cetera. And I, I hate workshops. I hate poetry workshops. Um, <laughs> I hate the idea of the workshop. And I've been thinking about why I hate it and I don't do it anymore. I won't do it. And partly because I realized that the, that the mode of the workshop, and it can be all kinds of, it can be a loving mode in it, but I think it mostly isn't. I think it's a constricting mode and the mode is to fix. Mm -hmm. And I realized, oh, my interest in poetry and, and people, you know, I don't always act like this, but it's my interest to be interested in it, is unfixing. Mm. I don't, don't want to fix any fucking thing. Mm. I want to fix it, you know? And with a poem, I don't want to, you know, like, I can, you know, if you were to ask me, hey, can you fix this poem? Help me fix this poem. I could. I could fix it into something that I can recognize as a poem, which then would be like, all right, it's not that interesting. It's right. just like, all right, we fixed it. Yeah. But, but I'm so interested in unfixing uh, work, but also unfixing oneself, one's identity. You know, one's... What do you mean by that, by unfixing? So you fix a thing by putting a, my, in my head, the first image, yeah. is you pin it to the wall. And okay. to unfix it, you take the pin out and then it can kind of be what it maybe it. Okay. Maybe what it is, you know, what it yeah. wants yeah. to be. Yeah. So, so like a, <clears throat> do you want me to talk about it in terms of like a poem or something? <laughs> Well, yeah, because because I, I, I'm in agreement with what you're saying, and and the idea of fixing something, right, means that there are these expectations, right? There are these there is these preconceived notions of what makes a poem. We'll just we'll just take the poetry workshop as an example, yeah. right? So we want to fix it to fit the mold that somebody else gave us, yeah. right? Which is totally against the essence of writing poetry. Yeah. So the unfixing is the thing that I'm trying to, to wrap my head around. Is it this idea of, let me try to encourage the bud of that poem to open up. Mm -hmm. That doesn't feel like unfixing. That feels more like a nurturing. So that's why I'm just asking about oh, what yeah. you mean by that. Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, I feel like that in terms of a classroom, yeah, like letting the bud of the poem open up is is the thing, um, but also like what I'm interested in in a classroom, I realize I'm interested in, um, as I'm interested in in other spaces is, what if we are in a community together and the community is not to reify what we think a poem is or what we think good, the good is or good right. is, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But actually we, we wanna do is unfix those things to, and the unfixing itself might actually allow us to figure out what we think the beautiful is. Hmm. Not, not with a, well, I know the beautiful, well, it's easiest. The beautiful is, you know, I don't know. Um, the thing that it is. The thing that it is, yeah. Like the, cause often we, th we think we know, you know, we know what the, you know, it's just like, we know what the beautiful is and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna make the beautiful because I know what it is. Or you know it is, and you'll tell me how to make the thing that's the beautiful. Um, because and I'm just going to agree to that. And you know it's fine. Like it's I understand. Like it's fine. And it's and and you all these traditions and stuff is fine too. Like you know like I it I think it's nice to learn like you know the, how, how to write the sonnet. I think that's good. Right. I think it's cool. Right. Um, 
but more when I'm, and I'm not, so this is actually a, an entirely different thing. More of the thing is like, how, how do we, how do we even engage the process of making in ways that really destabilize our capacity or our capacity, really, no, really, really destabilize what master we thought we had, what master we Oh, thought. okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, no, I was gonna say that's different for me than unfixing because as you were talking, I was like, to, to fix something implies that it's something's already broken, right? To unfix something, I don't know if I can understand the opposite like of fixing, right? Because the thing's already broken. So, so what you're saying here shifts a little bit to um, hmm. this idea of what? I just lost my train of thought. Like you're right, you're right, you're right. So there's so I'm using two things. I'm kind of like slippery with the yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm following the thing. Yeah, to fix a thing implies that it's broken. Yeah. So bring your poem into class and we'll it's gonna be a little bit broken and we'll fix it. We'll put it together and then you'll have a poem. Okay. So but to unfix it implies I'm gonna so I and I'm glad that you brought this up because it helps me to sort of articulate my idea. Uh, my idea, the idea. To unfix it implies breaking it. Um, but that's, so I'm, I'm sl slipping it over and saying that um, the fixing itself, um, like the fixing the broken thing is, is a kind of equivalent to pinning it to the wall because it, pinning it in a case because it, because we know how a poem operates if we're able to do that. Right. But the unfixing is not a breaking, but the unfixing is just taking out what we think a poem is. Mm. Uh, it's taking, we don't know, I don't know what a poem is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know, I know what poems used to be, but yeah. I don't know what a poem is. I know what Ross Gay used to be. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know, what, I don't know what this thing is. <laughs> that's, that's it, you know? Yeah. So, I can, and it's so yeah, fun I can. to get older, to get older and to be like, yeah, I've told this story so much. And you know what? This might not have actually fucking happened. This might not have happened. Yeah. Or like, you know, like, uh, and it's so good to have a brother who is like close to me in age and like we were tight, we were around each other a lot. And to be like, just to text him and to be like, yo, did we make, what did we make when we were working at Burger King? You know, and just to be like, all right, okay, that one's right. And then to be like, did, did I get fired that time from that job? I don't think he got fired. I think he quit from that one. Hmm. Like just in terms of like filling out again our memories. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, but it's like <laughs> you know I'm at this happy stage in my life where to some extent I am like what what was going on? Like what was I doing? What was or what happened? Or you know? Yeah. 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 You know so it's so interesting. But it's because you're you're here, right? And, and then yeah. looking back, then, then I don't know if this is the case for you, but then I thought I knew everything, right? And I think that's sort of symptomatic of of people in their early life, <laughs> early adulthood. Yeah. You think you know everything, but then you learn as you get older that we really don't know anything. Um, and so what I'm hearing from you is that the unfixing is more of an uncovering of what it is that we don't know. 
Yeah, and maybe an uncovering of the of the unknowing itself as like a as a not only reasonable but like nice. Nice is the wrong word because it doesn't always feel nice, but like right. Maybe good is the word, you know. Yeah. Like unknowing is is good. In terms of just like you talking back about poetry, it's like it's for sure good for poetry. Oh know, yeah. To me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, like to be able to sort of reside with the mystery, I think that's like a that's an old wisdom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but but man, as as he's stroking his chin. No, just yeah. <laughs> but that's not something that like you know school doesn't teach you that. Oh yeah, no. School no. doesn't teach you that. Oh. Um, school teaches you how to be right, how to be a little product productive little member of society. That's what school teaches you. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And productive yeah. member of society is a fixing. Yeah. And all of the things are fixed in there, you know? Yeah. And as opposed to being like, well, what? I don't know. Just like, right. I don't know, you know, like school, I I don't know. follow your joy school or like, or find, right. find joy. <laughs> right. Or <laughs> like, learn how to just live your life yeah. as you're yeah. guided to live it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so funny because you said, you said I don't old Ross knew how what a poem was but you don't know how what a poem is now mm -hmm. can you can you elaborate on that because I'm feeling very much in that space as well so I'm mm -hmm. just curious about how um how you're in that space of I don't know what a poem is you know I'm just like you know we went to the same graduate program like we well I mean we're the same age we kind of like I think got um, got the same education, you know, the um, the same indoctrination. <laughs> the same indoctrination, you know. And um, though I am thinking right now of a teacher we have in common, Lee Upton, who mm. was more of a like, just do it, you know, like just a, yeah. just, just make, just make a yeah. thing, find yeah. it, you know? yeah, and and. And it's amazing to me like that. It's a beautiful mode of teaching that I try to emulate, you know, mm. um, but it's also something that it's only recently occurring to me that um, that Lee had that capacity to be like, come on, just find stuff, just find stuff. I'm, you know, I don't think it was really her inclination unless you ask specifically for like a fixing, you know, right. I think her inclination was like, uh, let's find it let's see yeah uh, keep yeah. keep going you know like a kind of come on let's do that um but I so yes yeah, so that that way of being with a poem etc etc is fucking horrible is you know this I and I was when I was writing about it, I was like there's two ways that, that a good workshop for people who, who aren't like writer people listening a workshop is like the the standard mode of you've probably talked about this. Have you talked about this? Not really, but I mean, it's just, you know, a standard mode of offering quote unquote feedback. Yeah. 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 So it's a classroom uh, mode, a teaching mode and people bring in their stuff, a poem as, as we've already said. And to me, it's like, there's two ways in, in that mode where a class goes well, mm. where you've had a good class, not the teacher, the student one people, um, liked your poem and two they know how to fix it or or two they know how to fix it right, right. Um, 
Right. Otherwise, if if the mode itself, the form itself does not allow for the class as a whole to be like, I don't know, I don't know what the fuck. That's a failure. It's a failure all around in that mm. genre, in that genre of class. Mm. There's another genre of gathering that's like, I don't know, where yeah. it's just like, whoa, <laughs> all right. You know, cool, I don't you, either. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Um, but so that, and you know, so over years and years and years, I, I got good at that, you know, I could like, mm. and, and every once in a while, like I'd have a student who now I'm like, damn, that was a, that was an interesting writer whose work I could not quite engage because I didn't mm. know how to fix their work. Mm. Yeah. You know? mm. And, you know, that's a mode of being, you know, yeah. like, I don't know how to engage someone that I don't know how to fix. Well, you don't want to fix them, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to want to fix them, but I also, yeah. I bet it's a good thing to know. It's a good thing to know if I do want to want to, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. a good thing to do if, know if I do want to, you know? Um, right. I want to want to. Right. But anyway, so the. I know, the Ross has <laughs> spoken, the most articulate <laughs> poet on the planet. I don't want to. I don't want to want to. But the. Um, the at some point, I don't, I don't know, you know, all kinds of influences, of course, all kinds of influences made me just be like, and, and one of the influences being my body, my actual body and being like, I always feel physically bad mm. in these classes. Like I always feel guilty. I feel like I haven't done enough or I feel like I've done too much or I feel mm. like I'm wasting their time or I feel like I'm spending too much time or it's just like, yeah, it's never, and, and, and I kind of feel the same way. Like the only way that I could succeed is to like fix. <laughs> yeah. Well, because the idea of success has been Im imposed on you, right? As far as like what it looks like. You're the arbiter. You're the arbiter of, yeah. of the good, which is right. no place to be, man. That's no place to be. And so anyway, at some point I just was, I mean, it's like four years ago, I was just like with my classes, I, I had this class and I was like, I tried to kind of do something a little different and then it just didn't quite work. And I had this brilliant, loving student be like, why did you stop doing what you were doing? And I was like, ah, because I was doing something weird. I was trying to do something weird. I was trying to unfix something. And yeah. this student, and I was like, they don't want to do this. You know, all the things like, I was like, cause I, I didn't want to be wrong. I didn't, you know? And then, and the student freed me because she was like, why? Well, you know, just like an adult, like grown, like what was going on? Like, why did you just stop? And I was like, I don't know. I felt, I felt like you guys didn't like it. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good reason. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and meanwhile, this is like, I have tenure. Like I have, I'm not like in danger of like, I could just be like, come on, man. Like to this semester we're drawing dandelions. That's what we're doing, you know? Right, and, right. Which I think would not be a bad thing to do. No, that'd be fun. Be good. Learn to write a better poem. Um, yeah. We get better. We get better. We we get yeah. closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, and that's and that's interesting. The the sort of automatic language we turn to, right? I know, I know it. Because I it's know. been so driven into us. It's so driven. Like, yeah. what is a good poem? What's what's yeah. not a good poem? What's successful? What's not? Yeah. For me, it's like, I, and even this is sort of problematic. But what I ask my students is like, does it feel clear? in terms of your emotional engagement with the poem, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. which again is not accurate because 
emotional engagement with a poem can be muddy. It can be vague. Yeah. It could be like, I don't know what's going on, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Language it's, is a tricky thing, man. <laughs> yeah, communicating is tricky. And knowing that sort of like the poem is a kind of interface between this interior thing and an exterior thing or something. Um, it's a good moment to bring in Jean Valentine, you mm. know, who died on, I think, December 29th, so mm -hmm. a month and a half ago or something. Yeah. He was just such an amazing, <laughs> amazing person and writer and, and spirit. Oh my God. And, um, you know, so again, I want to say another influence, you know, who it, it hasn't occurred to me. It occurs to, occurs to me that she's an influence in a lot of ways, but one of the ways this sort of notion of an unfixing, mm. um, I hadn't quite articulated as, as coming in part from her, um, is, 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 it's part from Jean Valentine who like, you know, her poems are mysterious and they're not like, they're not, they're not like fixable things, you know? And I know, you know, like we're friends and I'm friends, we have friends in common. And I know that she was in like writing groups. And mm. stuff. She had like a little crew of folks who they did poems together. And I always think, wow, how, how does someone, cause, cause she has a kind of poems that are like, you kind of just be with them. That's my experience. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. They're on their terms. They're, yeah, you, yeah. You can't really fix a Gene Valentine. <laughs> no, and you really can't articulate, at least my experience has been, you can't really articulate what it is that you're feeling when you're reading the poems. You're just yeah. there experiencing it. You're just there with it, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like a light in your yeah. body. It's just like, yeah. light in my body. Yeah. Um, but anyway. So you're trying to imagine what her writing group is like? <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was like, oh, I wonder like, cause you know, like I now feel like I could kind of be with, there would be a time where I would have, I, in fact, there was a time where I couldn't quite get with her poems. I couldn't, I was mm. just, and it was a time when I, you know, I think I was just more, I was just less, um, well. Open? Was that? open less open I was I was definitely less open yeah I was definitely less open but I also was less I think um well I'll just put it like this I feel like one of the things that Jean Valentine's poems do for me that the older I get the more I'm um not just grateful for but also like really interested in is that they hold mysteries they hold the mysteries mm -hmm. you know yeah and they're not, they're not like, um, they're just a different thing. They're just a different thing than, 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 you know, um, than certain things. And I feel like that kind of, and she also, as I understand it from the, from the conversations I've had with her and the time I spent with her, she also had a relationship to, to poems. There was a mysterious relationship as far as I understand it, you know, and that, it was such a beautiful thing to be in her presence and to have conversations where I think she said, I can't remember exactly how she put it, but there was something along the lines of like, you know, there will be things that show up in the poems that come through in the poems and people, you know, because it's what we do. Like, you know, we go and we talk to, you know, young writers or, or you know, not young writers and they say, why did you put the something in line three and da, 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 or this line break here? Da, 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 da. And partly part of what the kind of, you know, 
little pretend show is that we always know that we always know. No and way. I know. I know. I don't know anything. <laughs> I know, but 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 um, Gene was the first poet, you know, like sort of major poet who I heard. Gerald Stern was like that too, actually, mm. in a different kind of way. Um, mm -hmm. But Gene was like, I don't know. I don't mm. know why the wolf came in right there. Mm. I don't know. And yeah and could inhabit it and also understood too that like that's not satisfying for people because people want to know how to make a gene valentine poem oh yeah no you can't you can't you can't you can't you can't she can't make a gene valentine that's the thing like she couldn't make yeah. a gene valentine poem yeah she could just make the next thing that she was making you know right right and and i think she probably wasn't interested in making it <laughs> which is the <laughs> thing that i'm that i feel like is so that's so interesting and so back to your question, like about not quite knowing how a poem works I've, or, or how to make a poem or even, I just find that profoundly interesting to be going into, if you're working on a poem or a piece or a dance or a conversation or whatever, hard, conversation hard. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about because of a couple of series shit we're going through. <laughs> Hard, but like, you know, but not to impose what you think it should be on the thing, but just to be like, we're just gonna like, we're just gonna do something. Yeah. You know, we're gonna do yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. It's called trust, right? It's called it's trust. It's, yeah. it's trusting and whatever comes out is the thing that ne needed to have been created. And true curiosity because you know yeah. some curiosity. There's some kind of interplay between them. Like yeah. you know, a workshop is a profoundly uncurious place. Oh my god, yeah. You know, it kills and, it. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I remember the first time I was in a workshop. This was Gerald Stern, and Jerry said something like um, to someone about their poem because their poem was difficult. You know, not not difficult. Like um, it was like emotionally um, mm. hurt. It was a hurting poem, and Jerry asked if the person was all right mm. in class, which in my experience was not something you did because yeah, speaker yeah. and God forbid you the poet are the same, right? Yeah, no. Oh no! <laughs> and it was this crack, this moment that I thought was so um, mm. powerful, but it was like his his sort of very basic animal curiosity got the better of him, you know? And, and so he made us, he made a little crack for all of us to be a little bit better also. And I don't mean better, I mean close. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it also sounds like he um, was being a human. That's, he, you know? He was being a better animal. Yeah. And saying, hey, I see you writing this thing that's super vulnerable and difficult. And I want to extend some compassion and check in with you, which I think is lost in the whole um, workshop model, but you know, we're not here to break that down. But we are talking about unfixing. And that yes. was a moment of unfixing, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's... It was a healing moment of unfixing. Yeah, and see, and now Jerry's coming into your mind, into your- oh being into exactly. the conversations you have with your your students and whoever 
It's all tied together. Yeah. No yeah. escaping it. <laughs> and you can choose how you want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. see that as a good, good, yeah. quote unquote, or as a bad, you know, it's like we're all in charge of our, our ways of responding to things. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just, I just respond in, depending on what it is, I try to be neutral. <laughs> be like, oh, that's interesting, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'll go be curious about it and dig in however I need to dig in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot, a lot. Um, so when you write poems, because I've been thinking, so I was thinking about what you said about, you know, I don't know how to write poems, whatever. If, if someone were to look at the catalog of unabashed gratitude, Mm -hmm. Right. The long poem at the end of that, the, the, the what do they call it? The titular poem. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The titular poem. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, someone will read that. And I'm sure you've gotten this where they're like, that's not a poem. He's just rambling. He's mm -hmm. just talking. And then he's breaking the fourth wall, talking to the reader. Like he's breaking all the rules. Like that's not a poem just because you break it up into lines. Like that could just be like a big block of text and just rambling. Like what makes it a poem? You know? So I think I'm just bringing that up because- um, well, I think. Because, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I like, think. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, God, why is that a poem? <laughs> Well, I, I you say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> what am I trying to pretend? You're like, oh wow, they published that too. <laughs> I got, I got, a, I got one good over on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it it just brings us to the question of like these preconceived ideas, these expectations of what a poem is, right? And so, and so I, you know, I have you know, I teach undergrads. So they're always curious about like, give me the rules, give me the magic formula of what makes a poem. And yeah. then I bring this poem in and they're like, wait a minute, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah. I forgot where I was going with this, <laughs> but it was more about the idea of not knowing how to write a poem. Yeah. And I think probably like, it's also totally reasonable to be like, well, you, you learn how not to write a poem by knowing how to write a poem knowing what a poem is, what they say a poem is, what we've said a poem is, something like that, you know? Yeah. And I think, so I think it's, I mean, that makes sense to me, you know, like that, that among the things that we do is like, like even when you're talking about that, that poem, like that poem is engaged with a lot of ideas about poems, you know? So even like when it, when it talks to the reader, not only is it like referencing, um, other poets who do that, you know, and I think very clearly, like I learned that many places, but for one from this writer named Ira Sadoff, who in this beautiful poem, I think it's a poem called Grazing. He has this moment in, in there where he, he says something, I forget what he says. And then he says, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make us closer. He's, mm. he's talking, and he, I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring you closer. And because mm. right above he had done something that was a little, maybe a little bit sentimental or something, a little bit emotional, like mm. a change in register. And he says, I'm trying to bring you closer. He breaks the fourth wall. I think, you know, like, anyway, I, I learned these things from poems. Yeah. You know? So I'm sort of like bringing, you know, all my bags into the poem and then trying to be like, and from that, trying to fiddle around with the form or, or unfix the form. Um, or, or something, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I, when I think of that poem, I, I, I mean, I understand that like kids would be like, damn, why is this? A 
but I also feel like that's I can write that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I also feel like that 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 poem's pretty poemy, you know. And I think of like other work that really challenges, you know, if someone were to um, um, do a, um, you know, do a a, a unicycle race um, and be like, that's my poem. Um, I'd be like, oh, okay, they're really, they're really, they're really unfixing the form. They're yeah. really testing the form here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Etc. Yeah. yeah, it's so it's so funny because I just now the the thought in my head popped in was like you're really generous, <laughs> not not in relationship to what you just said about the unicycle, but I'm thinking in the context of like undergraduates who don't um, who are only learning about poetry, only starting to learn. So then they have this argument of you know well if anything could be a poem, I'm just going to write a sentence and break it up into short lines. Yeah. There's my poem, you know, yeah. and so then I have to not have to, but I generally have the conversation of, um, but what's your intention? Mm -hmm. You know, what's your intention? Because if you're intending to say, I'm going to make a poem by breaking up a sentence into short lines, you already said that it's a sentence. Yeah. So there's your intention. So it's not a poem. But they're like, what? <laughs> wait, 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 if they said it's a poem, then is it a poem? Well, I mean, if you think of like Marcel Duchamp, like, is it like the urinal? It's like, I don't know, it's art. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, part of me, part of me, and this is, this is sort of like the woo side of me yeah. is, is all about intention, right? Yeah. So if, if a student comes to me and says, I'm, I'm going to take the sentence, the, what is it? The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. That's the sentence we all use to remember how to type, to learn how to type, right? Yeah. Get our fingers in place and stuff. So I'm going to take that sentence. I'm going to break it into lines to make it look like a poem, like make it really skinny. Maybe I'll break it every two lines, whatever. Um, if they just say that, and that's their intention, knowing that they're taking a sentence and, and it stops there, then for me, that's not a poem. But if they have a deeper intention of really engaging with that language to create something that becomes a poem, then okay. Mm -hmm. You know, so for me, it's about intention. Yeah, 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 yeah. It can look the same. Like I got student A who does the same thing as student B, but student B is like, oh my God, poetry is my life. Let me like shape this thing energetically because I'm all woo-woo. Energetically, I can I can feel that from, from the poem versus the student who was lazy and just chopped it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I was in that classroom, um, if, my, if I was with a student who did that, I... Um, I would just, I mean, I would be like, well, yeah, I do that sometimes too. <laughs> and I would be curious. I'd be like, well, that's one of the ways that you learn how a line works, actually. Yeah. That's like a very basic way that you learn how a line works. You know? Totally, totally. Yeah. But see, what you did was you turned it away from poem to here's a learning opportunity. Here's a tool that you can use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, we could talk forever. And I'm sure that you have other... <laughs> other things to attend to like spiritual immaturity maybe <laughs> no i'm just kidding definitely that definitely that <laughs> so do you to close the um episode do you have a poem that you want to share with the listeners i do and i just let me just um i often garble the um i mix up the um title which is not written on this version oh um okay 
I was like, you're not, are you going to read your whole long book length poem? Oh, no, no, no. This is <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was okay. amazing, by the way. Uh, thank you. It's called To the Young Who Want to Die, and it's by Gwendolyn Brooks, mm. uh, who is another, like, you know, um, profound teacher. And um, anyway, I'll just say that. Um, Gwendolyn Brooks, um, To the Young Who Want to Die. Sit down, inhale, exhale. The gun will wait, the lake will wait. The tall gall and the small seductive vial will wait, we'll wait. We'll wait a week, we'll wait through April. You do not have to die this certain day. Death will abide, we'll paper your postponement. I assure you death will wait. Death has a lot of time. Death can attend to you tomorrow. For next week, death is just down the street. His most obliging neighbor can meet you at any moment. You need not die today. Stay here through pout or pain or peskiness. Stay here. See what the news is going to be tomorrow. Graves grow no green that you can use. Remember, green is your color. You are spring. Mm. I love that. Oh, so good. Yeah. Talk about being like a call to being present, to being here in the moment. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. Oh, Ross, thank you so much for this conversation. Um, I feel like there should be a part two, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want. Um, but thank you. And so, uh, my friends, my listeners, thank you so much for joining us for um, our newest, our latest episode with Ross Gay. As always, we'll close the episode. The divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Namaste. Until next time. Bye. Healing is so necessary for women writers of color. Whether we know it or not, our traumas hold us back from expressing and becoming our truest selves. How can we be more present to this? How can we create new ways of understanding our hurts so that we can heal them and step into our life's purpose with radiance? Follow me on Instagram for messages of healing and support as you walk this journey that brings you home to yourself. Find me at this handle, at Yogi. S-U-R-Y-A-G-I-A-N-Y-O-G-I. Or visit my website to learn more at suryagian.com. Your best healed life starts now. <laughs>